Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined as usual by, uh, I almost said cute, but no, not today. <laughs> JP Ong. The face made for radio. You might as well just spit it out. <laughs> However, he does have a smile on his face because the markets are performing well again. And performing well against the backdrop of a sell-off across the region. It mm. seems that we, alongside uh, Australia, let's give prop- props to the Oceanian markets. Australia and New Zealand are both in the green as well. But count the Straits Times Index and local stocks among the those winners against this backdrop of a reversal and a bit of a sell-off across other major markets. I mean, take your pick. You're seeing the Nikkei 225 succumbing to profit takers. They're shaky, mm-hmm. down by eight points. Shanghai, Shenzhen, both down by about 0.7% each. Uh, we'll go deeper into the Hang Seng later on because they're not having a great day today as the protests for the extradition couple, bill. The last couple of days well, have been actually, great. the last few days have been sort of okay for them. I think they were riding high on the news that Chinese exports actually... Uh, grew and surprised against estimates. But again, that only lasts a couple of days. And Mm. now they're confronted by the reality that these protests are starting to really take a serious turn over in Hong Kong. So that's been biting sentiment there. So against this entire backdrop, this actually makes the Straits Times Index's uh, gain so far today rather impressive. Look, we're only up by about Mm 5.8 points. But that represents a a 5% gain for the local markets. Only up uh, by 5.8%. But yeah, but at the same time, it also does provide a bit more stability Mm. in this region at the moment. When you look at who's gaining on the Straits Times Index, uh, DBS is up still by 0.8%. The three banks, the big three, are all are all in the green. DBS and UOB are, are jockeying for best bank in today's session. They're both up by about 0.8%. And UOB just, just ahead by half a hair, actually, of DBS. You have the likes of Venture Corp. Despite all of these uh, issues and uh, these trade tensions that seem to be rising once again, they're actually trading 1.9% higher today. But other manufacturers like, say, AEM are actually losing ground so far. So it's, it's, a, bit, it's, a, li- it's a little bit more mixed, a little more shaky than we've seen in recent mm-hmm. days. But overall, Overall, the Straits Times Index, for lack of a better term, is hanging tough at the moment. Uh, Ginting Singapore is down by 0.6%, but the likes of Comfort Delgro are up. You're seeing city developments continue to stay in the green. The the property developer is up by about 0.8%. And and one indicator, though, that uh, people are being cautiously optimistic here is the fact that the value turnover is still looking just a little bit more cautious. Only about 472 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. Mm-hmm. And while the blue chips are doing well, the rest, the second and third liners across the main board and the catalyst are actually, there are more losers than winners. There's about 170 stocks so far in the red against 130, which are in the green. So there are a couple of things that are weighing against markets today. And uh, for one, it seems that the rhetoric is back up right. with regards to trade, trade sure. tensions. And again, this becomes the thermometer uh, for market sentiment at the moment. We saw more stocks in the U.S. actually close lower, all of them slightly in the red, but mm-hmm. in the red nonetheless, snapping six-day winning streaks. Right for all three major indices there. And that's because uh, President Trump once again said today that tariffs are a good weapon or a good thing to have. We've seen China... Has he been tweeting again? He has. And he's also taken shots at the Federal Reserve saying Mm. that the central bank doesn't know what they're doing. And uh, apart from that, you also have China saying, oh yeah, well, we don't want a trade war, but we're prepared for a trade war if it does come to that. And they don't want to confirm whether or not Xi Jinping is agreeing to meet on the sidelines. Although some other outlets are saying that they are agreeing to have a nice 
intimate dinner on, over in Osaka at the end of uh, on the sidelines of the G20 summit. So that's up in the air. And this meeting is probably going to be very crucial in determining sure. which way markets will be heading in the second half of the of the year because global this markets, global really. markets, really, yeah. including here. And it's probably why also we're seeing Singaporean uh, markets, uh, although they are in the green and they're still uh, holding on to some of these minute gains, it's still looking a bit tentative. You're seeing market uh, traders probably going, wait, do you, should I push a button? Should I actually hold off? Should I actually So you're saying that this, the, the, the gains that we're seeing right now um, is on the back of the blue chips. It's mostly on some of the blue chips. It's mm-hmm. also looking just a, it's just a, perhaps some residual uh, most residual optimism that we're seeing over Mm -hmm. the last couple of days. But really, because the three banks are all solidly in the green, DBS and UOB, as we mentioned, both up now by about 0.7%, OCBC also among Mm -hmm. the winners. When these three, which is roughly 40% of the entire weight Mm. of the STI, when they're in the green, there's a good chance it's going to keep the local benchmark or the STI afloat or Mm -hmm. even a couple of points higher. When you add to them the likes of Venture Corp, Comfort, Delgro, which are in the green city developments, it's just enough, like a supporting cast, mm-hmm. to lift the Straits Times index. And that might be just enough to keep them afloat. But if we start to see another sell-off later on this afternoon, uh, this uh, we could see it, it's, it's not a safe gain. Six points can easily be eroded, sure. especially if you're a follower of basketball. I won't go into the NBA Finals. But not I will, happy with the results? Not, I, I'm, I'm staying neutral on that, but I do favor small balls, so you guys will know who, I, who I'm leaning towards. Uh, Going back to that, though, if there is something that could perhaps threaten the markets today is the recent release today of Singaporean retail sales in April. Mm -hmm. So this data, and it just came out a couple of minutes ago, showed that retail sales in April fell by 1.8%. And this deepens the uh, 1% fall which we saw in March. So consumer Mm -hmm. sentiment here is starting to get a little bit uh, um, uh, um, uh, shaken, shaken, challenged perhaps. This according to the Department of Statistics. We saw, what, and when you exclude motor vehicle sales, retail sales were actually down by about 2%. So a lot of People perhaps just tightening their belts, saying, "You know, we're not going to purchase that that big ticket item, that that sofa, or mm-hmm. that, or or that uh, or that new set of duds." Just just yet, total retail sales in April were about three and a half billion Singapore dollars, and about five point four percent of that happening on online as well. So, but it is a slump, and people are going to take note of this. What was down also was sales of food retailers. Usually, right. come hell or high water, people will eat, and people will eat out. And if but they're depressed, they'll eat more. They'll eat more. But it seems that even now, people are actually shying away from some of these food retailers. Food, food sales are down by about 3.5% mm-hmm. year on year in April. Optical goods and books down by about 3.2%. Department stores saw sales decline by about 3.1%. So a lot of these figures are just coming out right now. It could factor into the, the calculus of some investors today who, who might be asking themselves, well, is this another sign that the economy really is slowing down? Because consumer sentiment, this is an expert and manufacturing-driven economy. But mm-hmm. consumer sentiment is still an important part of the, uh, of the cocktail that, is, that we call the Singaporean economy. Okay, you said that, that those were numbers excluding the transport industry. How did transport do? Was there an uptick in the sale of cars? This concerns me because of my car segment. Well, I think uh, the car sales, as we saw overall, COEs, they've also been rather shaky in, mm-hmm. recent, uh, in, recent, uh, in recent times. And this, again, one of those discretionary items that people tend to put on the mm-hmm. back foot. So yeah, they have been rather shaky. I mean, look at some of the COE numbers in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well... That's not good news for Singapore. Neither is the fact that the Monetary Authority of Singapore's latest quarterly survey of professional forecasts 
kind of move things down a little bit. It, that is, yes, that is. And we are, they have actually lowered their growth forecast for 2019 to about 2.1%. So that's about 0.4 percentage points mm-hmm. lower than what we've seen in than the previous reading. And this is still within the Ministry of Trade's official forecast range of 1.5% to 2.5%. But keep in mind, they also lowered that in recent times. The expectations are worsening for all sectors except... except construction, where they're seeing 3.5% growth, um, up from March's 2.1% survey. But everywhere else, manufacturing, you look at some of the other sectors here, there is expectations that it is actually going to fall. And the probability of growth falling within falling is, has been raised now to about 33.1%. Mm-hmm. So there's a one in three chance that we will see a deceleration in growth here in Singapore. Of course, one of the questions also is, Yes, we might see a deceleration. Could this turn into a recession later on? Mm-hmm. So no one's really saying that it's, that's, go- that's, that's going to be the case. But prepare for just a more sluggish 2019. The growth forecast, as we mentioned, for retail trade down to about negative 0.3%. Mm-hmm. They're expecting a negative 0.2% uh, downturn in manufacturing. And non-oil domestic exports will shrink by 2.1% because of all of these downside risks from the trade tensions really hitting Singapore so far. This is from, uh, from economists that have been surveyed by the Monetary Authority of Singapore. And we'll try to reach out to some of these private sector economists and ask them what exactly figured into their calculus in the next coming days. Okay. You know, you've been talking about U.S. Treasuries and bonds, and it really, really looks like there's a real race towards them. It is. Yes, there is. And you know, if, uh, we've seen that actually happen towards U.S. safe havens. And again, in times of uncertainty, people do flock to some of these more secure governments. bonds. This is also something that a lot of investment strategists that the Business Times has spoken to recently have actually highlighted. For instance, we've spoken before to uh, Tuan Huin, who is the CIO or Chief Investment Officer for Deutsche Bank's wealth management mm-hmm. arm here in Asia. And he believes that sh- U.S. treasuries with shorter maturities look relatively attractive at the moment. Shorter meaning 10 years? No, shorter as in uh, we're, talking about, uh, we're talking about six months, two years, for wow, instance. This is something that he's saying, short. actually. Short-term yields. So off, they offer yields of more than 2% for short-term securities, which is significantly higher, he says, than some of the other core developed markets. So he's really doing a relative valuation here. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are some sh- there's still some shakiness with regards to U.S. bonds. But when you compare the yield, Yields versus, say, the yields you're seeing in, in Japan and in, yeah. in, 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 the, in, in the Eurozone, UK, Switzerland, all, you name it. They're still looking relatively, relatively attractive. attractive. LGT, which is another group, has recommended keeping the duration short because of the almost flat yield curve. So, so this is actually something that Mr. Twain h u i n e s echoed. The head of fixed income over at State Street Global Advisors, Ng Kang Siang, has also suggested now that if you're looking for alternatives to U.S. treasuries, maybe take a look at Asian bonds because he says the return to risk volatility ratio is comparable to that of U.S. Mm -hmm. treasuries. So Mm -hmm. there is no reason not to come in and take a look at some of these bonds. Of course, when you come into Asian bonds, you want to ask yourself, well, what are some of the more secure bond offers out there? You look at developed countries like Japan and even Singapore could actually be one of those sectors that actually might benefit. But Deutsche Bank is also preferring bonds with a credit rating of above triple B. So they're actually saying that the stay safe for now and try not to mm-hmm. go for some of these higher yield bonds at the moment because a lot of things, a lot of questions can be asked about some about the viability and and the integrity of some of these bonds at the moment. And uh, and so yeah, I mean a lot uh, more people are actually starting to come in and say. Look at some of these bonds. And if you're going to go into the emerging markets, look for those with stable hard currencies. So stay away from the likes of Turkey, Argentina, for instance, Mm -hmm, South mm -hmm. Africa. But look at some of these uh, bonds in hard currency that have higher yields and also look a lot more solid as compared to or solid in terms of uh, currency risk as compared to other bonds. 
Okay, yeah, it's either that. And if if the yield curve was any flatter, maybe your mattress is starting to look interesting. There, exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> Why not, it right? M- it, might, it might be the case too, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rest of the day. Rest of the day looks, um, hmm, this is going to be a, a challenging one. I don't think we're going to see a lot more sentiment, but I wouldn't be surprised if a little bit of profit-taking happens towards the end. because We're going to slip... Under 3,200, you think? No, I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think uh, there is a good chance we might close in the red and snap and see the first day of losses in the month of June because we still have to factor in some of these retail sales figures and some of these private sector economists who are forecasting a potential uh, deceleration or slowdown in, in Singapore's uh, economic growth story. So mm-hmm. at the moment, I wouldn't be surprised if at, towards the final, uh, towards the final ha- uh, parts of the afternoon session, we start to see some of these profit takers start to come in and chip away at this. But if we're going to fall under 3,200, I have a feeling, I'm getting the sense that uh, that the markets are drawing a line in the sand at the moment, saying 3,200 is what we're going to try and keep above at the moment. So mm-hmm. I doubt it. Perhaps down to 3,207, 3,208, that mm-hmm. is a possibility. But again, you know, it, it'll all, it, it's, and the reason I'm also saying this is because we're still seeing value turnover looking relatively thin, 481 million at the moment. As we've spoken, we've only added about 11 million Singapore dollars in total value turnover, sure. unless this picks up, and it has before towards, uh, in, in the final hour of trading, unless this picks up significantly, uh, the odds that we could see a small, either some shakiness or a slight pullback, just a shaving, a trimming of this Straits Times Index's recent gains. It's, uh, I think the odds are looking rather probable right now, are looking rather high right now. All right. So rest of the day for your show, Prime Time. So today we are actually going to uh, take a closer look also at what's going on in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. The Hong Kong stocks have been, uh, have been pummeled because of the the unrest. And this also, I'm actually on, so the South China Morning Post actually holds, has a stock blog at the moment. And one of the reasons why why today is more disruptive than other days because the protesters have blocked certain key avenue roads and avenues out I'm in Hong smiling. Kong. Does that mean the traders couldn't get to work? N- not just the traders, but the bankers, because apparently Standard Chartered has shut two branches over the protests in Hong Kong Seriously? on the way through Admiralty. And also, I believe That's a disruptive. Citibank has closed their, uh, their, their tower branch due to the protests out in Admiralty. So mm-hmm. this really starting to hit the financial sector right. in Hong Kong. And there are, and, uh, and we do want to get a sense of, uh, of how exactly this is impacting, not just not just a market sentiment in Hong Kong, but also a lot of businesses prefer who do uh, operate in China. They they do prefer a structure where they actually hold their corporate offices in Hong Kong. That mm-hmm. way, that way, if there are disputes, they can hold they can they can bring their disputes and they can bring their profits through Hong Kong underneath Hong Kong law. But how will these businesses view all of these developments if it is seen as a slight erosion of Hong Kong's quote unquote? autonomy from China. And could this actually see some of these businesses start to shift out of Hong Kong because of some of these challenges? And some people have actually said that, you know, there is a chance that maybe even Singapore could pick up some of this. But Hong Kong's proximity again to China becomes a very big plus for them. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of moving parts here to to piece through. I'm going to try to reach out to Peter Chun, who Mm -hmm. from Silverberg Capital in the next couple of days to see what he thinks about all these movements. And again, and, and other investors who have a, 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 a more accurate pulse over what's going on over in Hong Kong and, and what this might also mean for regional markets. Because again, this is, it is also probably the most important IPO market in Asia as well. Sure. So a lot, a lot to digest. And later on, we are going to, uh, we, 
across the ASEAN resumes, and mm-hmm. we're going to be looking at Malaysian markets once again. We're okay. speaking to Mr. Tio Kok Lin, who is the Chief Investment Officer of Singular Asset Management. Uh, Malaysian markets arguably have been lagging many of their regional peers in the ASEAN region. They're still down by about 2.7% mm-hmm. year-to-date. That's the, uh, the KLCI in Kuala Lumpur. We want to ask him about what some of these rotations, because construction stocks in, in Malaysia have actually been doing rather well. Mm-hmm. Tech and energy stocks have not. We want to ask him, we're also asking him later on about the proposed mega merger deal between Norway's Telenor and Axiara, who used to own M1, if you remember. Right, right. So this, was the, this is the what's next for Axiara after M1. Well, this merger seems to be that. And we want to get a sentiment as to what this might mean for the telco space in Malaysia and if the, this might send ripples across the ASEAN as well. All right. That all sounds really good. And that Hong Kong story that you've got your eye on is what we call in broadcast journalism a developing story. There you go. And, <laughs> and very interesting developing story at that also. Um, could be quite trying for some people. <laughs> That's true. You've been listening to Market View on Workday Afternoon with JP Ong and Clarissa Montero. This is Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.